Hello and welcome to the Wiretap Whisper podcast, episode 27, presented by me, Sami ASMR. If this is the first time you're watching or listening to the podcast, this is a creator-focused podcast series where I sit down with other ASMR creators in the community and I talk to them all about their channel, uh, their personal life and kind of just everything in between really. Um, it will be filmed in uh, as soft-spoken as we can. Uh, the nature of the podcast is things can get a little bit out of hand. You know, there's some laughs and giggles in there. But for the most part, we'll try and keep it chill, you know, to fit in with that whole ASMR vibe. And yeah, today I am joined by a literal legend, veteran, whatever you want to call her in the ASMR scene. And yeah, today I am joined by ASMR Kitten or Miss Caitlin, as you may know her. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's so nice to to get you on. Um, but for those of you who are watching or listening who maybe aren't familiar with uh, Caitlin and her content, I have a quick summary for you guys. So basically, Caitlin is a um, an American creator. Uh, she currently has... Uh, just over 50,000 subscribers on YouTube across, now get ready for this, 400 videos. I think it's like 430. I um, think so. Yeah. She has been uploading for over nine years. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, if I was to kind of summarize, um, you know, the style and genre of uh, videos that Caitlin produces, um, it's literally like anything and everything. Um, for the most part, there's a lot of role plays in there, whether they're medical, you know, pampering, makeup, things like that. Um, and there's also some personal tension and classic uh, trigger videos in there as well. So she literally does it all, guys. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And aside from YouTube, um, Caitlin is also very successful on Twitch. And over on that platform, she has 20,000 followers. Um that's a quick boring summary of who she is from me. And I'm sure Caitlin's going to give a better one now. So for the people watching and listening uh, at home, Caitlin, who are you today? Uh, I am Caitlin. Thank you for having me. Um, I love that I'm on episode 27 because I recently just turned 27. Oh, so wow. it feels very fitting. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, really. I am a uh, ASMR content creator, a uh, cat enthusiast, uh, hence the name. And uh, I just am grateful to be a part of this amazing community and have seen it grow literally from you have, the start. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm super excited to get into all the little details about that. Um, yeah. Like I'm itching to go. It's funny, though, because I feel like the more I'm part of this community, the more I realize like everyone's obsessed with cats. I don't know what it is like. Yeah, There's I a grew lot of cat up with mamas. them. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, again, for those of you who are watching or listening, who um, this is your first time, basically how it works is there's a past, present and a future section. Uh, obviously, we're going to start with the past and make our way towards the future. There'll be a little bit of crossover in between. Uh, but for the most part, that is the structure that we're going to go with today. Um, and when I say the past... I do mean all the way in the past. So, Caitlin, you're like I said in the summary, you're from the US, right? Were Correct. you um, 
growing up were you um were you brought up in like a you know a small town or like a, a big city environment what was the situation there um i'm from a small town so i went to high school with i think there was about a thousand kids in my grade uh, excuse me my school okay. um about 300 in my grade uh, I am an only child, so I had a very unique experience growing up, coming from a small town and only being the only, you know, child in the family. It was very unique to experience. Right. So not a lot of friends. Is that what you're saying as well? Uh, I had some very close friends, yes, but um, the sibling relationships obviously weren't there. So yeah. it was a very unique dynamic going to school and seeing uh, my peers interact with their siblings in class right. or hearing teachers mention like, oh, I had your sister last year. And then there's just me who never oh, experienced that. Little Caitlin in, in the corner, just twiddling her thumbs. <laughs> just little old me. <laughs> oh, so sad. Um Okay, small town. So I, I completely relate. I, I'm the same in um, the UK, but even even like smaller, like I remember, I, I never get the terminology right between like UK and US schools, but I think it's like, what's the one before middle school? Um, uh, we call it elementary. Yeah, so my, so my elementary school in my actual class, there was only like 15 of us. So that just shows you how small. Wow. Yeah, that's how small it was. Um, yeah, so what, what was like your, do you have like any earliest memories of growing up that kind of stand out to you that maybe like play into the things that you were into as a kid as well or anything like that? Yeah, um, so I had a friend growing up who we had very similar um, names. I obviously don't want to say too much about okay. their personal life, but yeah. um, we had very similar like family names, which was very unique. Um, so to differentiate who we were, we had to call me a nickname because her sister was also Caitlin. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my nickname growing up was Yoshi, uh, as in the Super Mario character. Yeah. And it has stuck ever since in um, my friend group in a small way. It's kind of diminished over time, but it really pushed me to love video games, to be open about playing video games and especially being like a female gamer in like a small town right i just was very open about it because people were calling me yoshi and people were like where did you get that name so it opened up like kind of like the the floodgates to be open and confident about talking about gaming yeah i love that so that was yeah that was your gateway into being into being a nerd <laughs> yes an open nerd <laughs> um you know, a lot of, you know, um, you know, parents and teachers when you're growing up as a kid, you know, they maybe ask you the question, like, do you know what you want to be as you gr when you're growing up? Um, you know, some kids will be like, oh, yeah, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be like uh, a firefighter or a vet. Did, did little Caitlin know what she wanted to be? You know, I had two. I remember in fifth grade, um, we wrote down I what we wanted to be when we grew up. And it was like a photo for our school. And they took a photo of like all the kids in front of it. And um I had written down veterinarian or video game designer. Okay. I like yeah. it. Two, two diverse things, uh, but you were again yeah. playing into the whole, the whole video game thing. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, obviously you said you're 27 now, right? Did you, did you go to college and, and what did you study at college? So I actually didn't. Um, didn't. I intended to take a year off. And that's kind of where the conception of my YouTube channel came from. Okay. Uh, it was this, I have not much to do. I, I work, but I'm not going to school. So what should I do to fill that free time? 
And uh, that's where I kind of came up with, okay, let's do some YouTube stuff. Okay, nice. Okay. So, I mean, as I said in the summary, you know, you've been doing this since 2012, but from what I know of the ASMR scene back then, it it was just being the whole concept of it was kind of just being born, right? It what was it mm-hmm. called ASMR back then? Or was it just more like you were producing just relaxing videos for for like insomnia and things like that? What was Yeah. Yeah, what? so when I started up, it was the term ASMR had been coined at that point. Oh, it did. Um, okay. However, when I started watching, I started watching ASMR in like, or what we know now as ASMR in about 2010, maybe 2009, um, it was still called the Whisper Community. Okay. So if you searched on YouTube, like Whisper Community videos or something along those lines, you would get um, soft-spoken, whispery, um, now what we know as ASMR videos. Okay. When you say whisper community, it sounds like this like ominous thing. Cause I know like <laughs> with TV shows like The Walking Dead, they have like the whispers, right? I don't know if you yeah, know, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you're not familiar with that. Um, so I mean, how did you come across this? I guess whis- whisper community in the first place. Were you were you like a big like YouTube fan in general? Or it's a funny story. I was having difficulty falling asleep, and I googled how to fall asleep. No joke. And um, I came across hypnosis videos and I was really intrigued by hypnosis for sleep. And then from there, it started to get like hypnosis for sleep whisper, hypnosis for sleep soft spoken. And then I started to find ASMR. So, so I'm guessing through that, you know, you found something that worked for you. Is that what like kind of, you know, made you stay for more and, and like kept you, I guess, embedded within this community to eventually like start up your own channel yeah absolutely i was i was fascinated by it and i um was just so intrigued by how this small sensation that i felt in the back of my head was helping me fall asleep you know it was such a weird concept and very unheard of yeah did you because a lot of people experience like you know asmr tingles like outside of the you know video space as well like you know whether they were in class or things like that did you have those experiences as well uh yeah i certainly do experience asmr in my like real life um the earliest i can remember was about first or second grade in school um but i do experience it even as an adult now yeah okay and and obviously it sounds like it, you know, it was a, it was a positive like mental outlet for you, like during that time. And that's why you discovered it. Do you still rely on ASMR now for, for that same reasoning or is it kind of just something that you, you just watch for fun? It's actually shifted. Um, I don't typically fall asleep to ASMR, but I listen to ASMR a lot in the background okay. um, while I'm like doing chores or if I'm on my computer doing busy work, just like a little background noise and no music. It totally helps me focus. I, I 100% get that. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I remember when I was doing my degree, I just had, if I was like revising or doing like an assignment, I would just have, you know, ASMR in the ears just, just all the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Um, so what, like, how was that transition for you from, you know, being this, being this viewer to then like saying, oh, you know, hang on a second. Like I can, why can't I do this myself? What was the, what was the motivations, um, behind starting the channel? Uh, a lot of the motivation came from, I was in the, I wanted to give back to the community. And I think that's something you hear probably a lot from creators is like, I watched this person. I wanted to give back because they helped me so much. 
And at the time, like I said, I wasn't doing too much with my life. I was 17 when I started my channel and I just needed a creative outlet. So I just said, you know what? I can help people. I can do something creative and who knows, I might have a little fun doing it. And I absolutely have had fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you've been doing it so long, like nearly a decade, right? Yeah. Um, at that time, like, obviously from what you just said, it, it doesn't sound like you did, but did you have any, you know, early expectations going in? Like, did you set yourself any goals or was it kind of just, you know, I like watching this and I'm just going to have fun doing it? Yeah, it was just, I want to have fun doing something yeah. creative. I had zero expectations. Yeah, that's, most people say that, but I, I ask it anyway. Um, of course. Did you have, you know, at that time, you know, the there probably wasn't a lot of creators, I'm guessing, but did you have, um, did you have any people that inspired you? Like to say that um, maybe you watched them and thought, you know, I like aspects of what they're doing with their content. Like I want to, you know, introduce that into mine. Was that, was that the case for you? Um, there are a few people who I can really uh, call like my, like my inspirations. Mm -hmm. um, my biggest one would be Heather Feather ASMR. Uh, Heather Feather, <laughs> she started one week after me to the day. So her oh, and okay. I were always a little close in our comment sections. And this was like previous to like direct messaging. I think we were friends on Facebook at one oh, point. Um, we just had a close like connection to each other because of our, uh, the start of our channels. Yeah. Is she, I don't think, is she still uploading now? Is she stopped uploading? Um, I believe she has not been active for maybe a year, maybe two years at this point. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cause everyone brings her up. So it's like, it's like this ominous figure. And I'm like, I, I kind of need to, need to get her on and, and talk to her, but I don't know. I don't know how I would do that if she wasn't active anymore. Um, yeah. I'll have to see what I can do. Uh, I feel like a lot of people would be interested, um, you know, in yeah, watching that. Absolutely. She's <laughs> definitely legendary. I mean, she created stuff that was unheard of at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have, did you have anyone outside the community that kind of inspired you as well? And, you know, maybe you had a friend that kind of pushed you to, to start the channel or your parents or yeah. Yeah. Um, my parents certainly were very understanding. Um, admittedly they were a little confused, like what's this thing that you're doing on the internet? But they also, once I explained it to them, my mom was like, Oh, I, I love this. I, I experience ASMR. Um, my dad, he does physically experience it, but he doesn't watch YouTube at all. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, both of my parents were extremely like supportive and understanding and they understood the importance of having like that creative outlet. Yeah. I, and I, I think back then, I think that's like quite a, like a, probably like a rare thing as well. I mean, in, in general, you'll still find parents that kind of don't get this whole new, um, like cyber i guess cyberspace right like you know course, creating a yeah. living from youtube and things like that um so i guess it was like especially hard back end so that that is really good that you did have that you know support yeah. uh, and to go back to like the whole you know how did you get did you get inspiration from other creators i guess it's a lot easier to do that now because the space is just so much more you know evolved right there's so many more creators it's so it's so diverse so if you if you're someone watching and and you kind of thinking about doing your own channel, it's easy to pull inspiration, right? But I guess back then it was it was hard for you. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you can touch on that anymore. But 
Yeah, certainly. Um, I do feel as if there was so much room to work with, if that makes any sense. Um, there's so many concepts that weren't quite done yet. There were so many various <clears throat> role plays that just hadn't even been touched on yet. Um, so you could kind of play around and have a little bit more fun. But nowadays, if you go search up like even like the most niche ASMR video, there's a chance it's been done. Yeah. So it certainly was difficult to draw inspiration because you didn't know exactly what you were getting into, what people would ex like think about what you're making. And now it's like, oh, well, if I do this crazy thing, people are totally going to watch it because it's so unique. But back then there was this like fear and anxiety inducing, yeah. you know, oh God, is this going to work? Well, I can imagine. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Um, that kind of concludes uh, the past section. Uh, and we're going to move on to the present now, even though it's kind of still in the past. So it's basically from, you know, your first ever video. Um, and for this section, I, I, I do tend to look at your videos on your channel. Obviously, you've got 400, nice. so so it's a, there's a lot going on there. Um, but I, I try my best to kind of, you know, put put it under a microscope and, and kind of sift through it. So, um, you know, obviously, we'll have to start with your first ever video. Uh, it's titled oh Show and Tell, uh, Soft Spoken. Uh, it's got 5,000 views. Um, that video... That video is like nearly like I think I said it before. It's nearly like a decade old at this point, right? It's like mm -hmm. over nine years old. Is that is that crazy yeah. to you to think like that's how long you've been doing this now? And like, is it just mental? Yeah, it really is. Um, what really like hit me is um, my birthday was a couple weeks ago, and as I said, I turned twenty seven. I was seventeen when I uploaded my first video. I was just about to turn eighteen. So to be approaching that 10 year mark it's very overwhelming yeah are you gonna have to do something crazy for that you gotta i have i have something special in mind <laughs> yeah I, I mean i don't know like you could do like a you know like a compilation like through the years i think it would, be, would look quite cool obviously that would be a lot of work but do you still have them files um, honestly, I might, uh, a lot of them were shot on my phone. Right. So my first videos were like iPhone four. <laughs> wow. So I might still have them somewhere in the ether, but admittedly, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, the good thing is you can download them off YouTube again, yes. right? So you've always got that there. Um, you know, most people delete their actual first video. And when I start talking about the, the first video that I can see, they're like, no, actually, I did. I deleted um, my actual first video. Do you, what's the reason for keeping that one um, that one up? Is it is it to like a look back and to see how far you've came? And that's quite that's, you know, that's like a nice concept. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I just kept it up because it was the first. Um, I do feel as if there was another first video. Like, I cannot remember to save my life, but part of me has this uh, idea in the back of my head that there was, was another, another video. Yeah, maybe I should check my unlisted or something and see if it's like <laughs> yeah. in the ether still. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. How, like, I mean, obviously, it was, it was such a long time ago. Can you remember like at the time, like how, how well that first video did? I, I definitely remember getting push notifications on my phone uh, from YouTube, like comments and being kind of overwhelmed that people were actually watching it. I don't think it got 5,000 views in like the first year. That's no. probably Something over a couple years. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it certainly got some hits and I was like, whoa, this is happening. Yeah. No, like definitely people love to go on your channel and because and, you can filter it from like oldest to newest. Mm -hmm. So it's dead easy to, to 
to uh, to find that first video and people always love doing that um yeah. no but I, I think it's admirable you you know you kept it up um a lot of people like cringe at their first video i think i've still got mine up but it's yeah it's pretty cringe um <laughs> your fourth ever video which i was blown away by is uh is a is titled cranial nerve examination role play it's got sixty seven thousand views and, mm -hmm. and again with what you just said in that with the first video that's obviously probably grew over time right this girl was doing cranial nerve exams before they were even popular like what what <laughs> were they even like were they even like a thing back then and or, or were uh, you setting trends were you like the regina george of the asmr community certainly not the regina george maybe more like katie but okay. her, <laughs> i don't remember her last name in the movie but <laughs> i think it's harry uh, yeah herring something like that yeah. yeah but yeah i think there was like a handful of medical exams at that point there was a creator um cute bunny 992 wow that's like did an xbox live gamer tag <laughs> you're so right <laughs> they i believe had done a medical exam and they inspired a lot of my original videos okay i was just like it's just because like they're obviously so popular now so to see mm -hmm. that like back then in 2012 but also it was like your fourth ever video because i feel like it, it, if you look at most people that start channels um you know they'll do some like classic trigger videos maybe not dive into the role play stuff straight away but you went you went into the role play and you you done like you know the most notorious role play that yeah. there ever is um you know, 67,000 views for a fourth video is a lot. So like I said, I'm guessing that's increased over time, but did it, mm -hmm. did your channel get a lot of traction early on? Would you say? I would say so. Yeah. I, I don't remember when I hit like hundred, 500, a thousand subscribers, but I do remember it was pretty early on that I was seeing some pretty significant growth. Yeah. Did you like, did you have any other creators that were like, you know, stumbling on your content, like in them early stages and were they giving you support? Like, you know, this is, this is really great and, and encouraging you and things like that. Cause I, I do see it with some channels, um, but not, not always. Yeah. So back then we had a Facebook group, um, okay. and this is going to sound crazy, but again, it was before Instagram, Twitter and all that stuff. And, um, the Facebook group was just like all the ASMR creators. So there's creators who don't create anymore. There's creators who are still creating, mm -hmm. who are just in this group and we just promote our stuff together. Uh, so again, notable is uh, Heather Feather. She was super supportive. Um, Calming Escape, who is still creating today. Okay. And um, I, I really can't think of anybody else like quickly off the top of my head, but there were so many people who were I say so many. It was maybe like a hundred compared to the thousands of creators we have now. Yeah. But it was still a significant amount back then. No, for sure. So was that like, was that something that you needed to be invited to? Did you kind of just join and then like hope that these big names would kind of interact? Like what was the, what was the environment? Yeah. So it was almost like we treated it almost like how we interact on Instagram nowadays. Um, so I had like a, my name was Caitlin ASMR and I would upload all my videos. It was just like a Facebook page. And then we'd have a group. Um, and I don't remember who ran it. I don't remember who moderated it, but there was, I could definitely go look cause I still have the in account information, cool. but, uh, yeah, we would just have a ton of people who would just upload their videos and say, Hey, this is what I did. This is my trigger video. Can you guys give it a listen? It's almost like Reddit. Reddit. Nowadays. That's what I was about to say when you just yeah. said that. I just thought, okay, it's Reddit. Reddit yeah. scares me. I've never done it. I've never posted anything on Reddit. Oh, I, I love Reddit. Oh, do you? Like I, I'm just, 
I don't know, like, I follow, like, a lot of, like, uh, uh, video game subreddits, and people just get mm-hmm. flamed on there, so I'm, like, I'm just too scared to post anything in case I get flamed. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to be a lurker on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, that's me, that's me, 100%. Um, like I said in the summary at the start, you've done over 400 videos, right? So there's, I, I could be all day, I could be here all day talking, you know, about your videos. Um, even, even now, but more so back then, you were clearly like experimenting a lot with your, um, with different styles and genres of ASMR, right? Like, if, like I said, in the summary, you do pretty much anything and everything, but even, you know, back when you started as well, if you can, can you talk about like the differences in the creator community um, back then, eight or nine years ago compared to now? Like what, what are the main differences, would you say? Uh, so nowadays, a lot of role play videos are done, you know, in front of a green screen or in front of like a, like a backdrop of sorts. Right. Um, back then, nobody used green screens. Nobody used um, anything different. And you can see it in my early videos. It's like role plays, but I'm clearly in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes the original kind of style of ASMR so unique is the creator is just trying to put you into that environment, not necessarily make you believe it, but just say, hey, this is my bedroom. You're in it, obviously, but I'm a doctor. And yeah. it totally works. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think... I mean, obviously, I, I, I mean, I, I wasn't even a viewer back then, but it's, it's kind of obvious, like how much of an emphasis creators put on, like the production value now. At least some creators mm-hmm. do, but also, you know, there's a big side of the ASMR community that likes lo-fi stuff as well. Um, even, yeah. even me. So, I, I think that's the beautiful part about it, right? There's, you know, there's so many different, uh, facets of like ASMR content creation. Um, so it's yeah it's amazing but it's just interesting to know like how how much things have changed so um i i definitely appreciate that insight um to go back into it though so at this point when i was looking you're not even a year in you've had some great videos at this point in time you know the cranial nerve exam like i highlighted um then out of nowhere you produce this video titled let me asmr you uh brackets whisper uh that actually has 400,000 views um Mm -hmm. and it's still your most viewed video to date did (laughs) that's that's a lot of views did did you think did you think it was going to do like them insane numbers when you you know when you click that publish button like did you expect not even close no No. i certainly remember (laughs) yeah i certainly remember being so overwhelmed when it started to do well and um I don't remember if the comments are turned on on that video anymore. I think they might be turned off. There was a few I seen that were turned off. A lot of my older videos, I have the comments off because YouTube was different back then. <laughs> oh, really? Like what type of things? Oh, yeah. What type of things? There was no flagging system for comments. So at least now, if someone said something mean, it would get flagged. Right. Back then, there was nothing. Oh, so you had to do like all the manual de like weeding yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh no, tragic. I don't blame you for doing that then. Um you know, looking back now with a with a modest with a modest hat on, what why did you think it did do so well and, and what makes it your most viewed video? Um, I think at the time it was a very original take on a trigger video. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I almost think of it as like, like a sleep clinic video, whereas 
it's very personalized. It's very relaxed and it's just triggers. Um, I tend to notice for my own channel nowadays, my videos that are trigger videos don't do well, but if I kind of twist it into like a, this is a role play, Uh it does well. Yeah. So I tend to think that having the trigger aspect as well as the role play aspect, it just kind of was like a peanut butter and jelly. It just worked. Yeah. (laughs) I like that analogy. (laughs) No, but it made, it makes sense, right? You know, you bring in these, uh, two, two styles of, as of ASMR Mm -hmm. together. Uh, did your channel like as a whole pick up at that point? Did you start to see like, you know, better average views, your subscriber count go up thanks to that video and, and, and it blowing up? I think so, yes. And um, even now I still get comments about how that was like the first video they had seen or yeah. that was the video that made them subscribe. <laughs> yeah, no, that must be nice. Yeah. Um, you know, after that video, you had some other videos do incredibly well around the same time, notably you doing a hookah session. Is that right? Am I pronouncing that right? Um, it's more of like an A sound, like hookah. Hookah, okay. Yeah. And that's like a... Um, I'm (laughs) I'm trying to describe it what's that what's that thing that I'm thinking of is a different name like a it begins like a a so it's um shisha shisha that's the one (laughs) yeah it's a tobacco okay right because I wasn't sure like it's one of them words that you hear but like you don't entirely know Mm -hmm. what it is um so it's kind of like smoking cigarettes but it's different right what can you yeah so yeah so it is a um not marijuana just disclaimer a lot of people always think that it's uh like marijuana or something but Mm -hmm. it is a tobacco based pipe Mm -hmm. uh it's typically used in like middle eastern culture and uh just at the time i was really like interested and fascinated by it and i had only seen one other creator do something similar before uh that's a mall zd they're wonderful still creating as well to this day i love how you know Oh, yeah. I, I love her stuff. So um, I definitely drew some inspiration and was like, I want to try this. It's raining outside. Let's let's just so smoke some hookah and record it. Yeah. And um, I clearly it, did well. <laughs> <laughs> it was something crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like that video has 230,000 views using a tattoo consultation role play um, that has 215,000 views. Um, but also more recently in the last year, you've had success as well with these videos uh, titled the best visual ASMR video I've ever made. You know, clearly, yes. clearly it was good because that has 174,000 views. <laughs> and another one titled ASMR intense ear eating, mouth sounds and kisses for tingle immunity. That one has 173,000 views. The point I'm trying to make is, does it still fill you with encouragement that you can achieve like you know, these amazing figures in recent times, like having been going so long as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's kind of mind-blowing to be able to produce something and then just see the growth happen in real time. Um, I feel as if when I started my channel, the YouTube analytics were lacking. They didn't really have the technology. This wasn't something that people were doing for analytics and understanding what they were creating back then. But now... There's so much information in your creator studio that I can see so in real true. time. Yeah. yeah. The growth and the development. Because I guess like you've seen like the aspect of content creation evolve as well. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Was there still like a partner program back then in like 2012? Like, did that exist? Uh, I don't believe so. And I know to get your channel monetized, uh, they had to snail mail you a piece of paper to monetize your channel. <laughs> I think I did get something through the mail though when I monetized mine. Okay. It was like a it was like a pin code. Okay, I wasn't sure if they were still doing that, but I remember being like, Google is sending me snail mail. Yeah, no. Yeah, they still do that, I think. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> it's just interesting to see how it's developed, but like, you, you know, you're exactly right. They probably didn't have all these, you know, analytical tools there that, you know, mm-hmm. that could help you. Um, so I think that's testament to like you as a creator that you've, you know, you've kind of just grew organically and 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 without the help of you know all these you know mod modern things um you've had 13 videos reach that 100,000 uh view mark and and when i look at them they're either from the beginning of your channel or in more recent times um in your opinion why does that middle section of your channel life just say like three to five years ago not stand out as much Yeah. So uh, at the time I was really busy in real life. I was working full time. Okay. Uh, I was really young. I was in my early twenties, late teens. So I just wasn't prioritizing YouTube because at the time you didn't really have to worry about an algorithm. You didn't really have to worry about consistent uploads. It was just whenever you uploaded, your subscribers were being notified. They were clicking through, um, And it just all started to change as like 2014, 2015 started. So I was kind of in this focusing on real life, not focusing on internet life part of my life. And it really, it really kind of um, punished my channel. Yeah. And Yeah. yeah, I think people still deal with that. Like now, like it's just, it's so hard to take breaks and not upload. Because like the algorithm or, or YouTube just in general just wants you to keep, you know, pumping out content like we're machines, which, which is, it's, it's not, it's not a good thing. Um, one thing I thought of in my head there, it's not on my, it's not on my note sheet, but like you've been in the scene and watched you, like all these, um, you know, I guess massive creators come in, like your darlings and your GBs and, and people like that. What was, what was that like from your perspective? It was kind of crazy to see people come in and um, have the microphones, the cameras, the lighting just from the get go, Mm -hmm. because at that point, so many people didn't have that to begin with. So it was very inspiring to be like, wow, so like they thought this out before jumping into their first video. Yeah. You know, whereas mine was all my videos for the first maybe 10 were all shot on my phone. Um, (laughs) Yeah, my iPhone 4. And so many people had had, you know, DSLRs or video cameras at that point. And like a Blue Yeti microphone where I didn't get the Blue Yeti till at least a year into my channel. Mm -hmm. What what were you using beforehand? Just like a like a built in like headphone mic? Yeah, headphone mic or even the um just like the microphone on the bottom of the iPhone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, super lo-fi. Uh-huh. So, you know, as these creators came into the scene and, and obviously, you know, blew up, were you were you someone that interacted with them and, and and like kind of I guess offered advice or, you know, just talked to them as friends? Like 
At that time when like a lot of like the bigger creators were up and coming, I wasn't very active. Uh, right. That was just when I was very busy with like real life. So yeah. I didn't have the opportunities to interact with them. But there were certainly um, in the very beginning, a lot of people who would come to me and ask like, hey, I was hoping to start a channel. And I mean, even to this day, I still get that question. Yeah. What like... I mean, if you can, I I know it might be too personal. But like, what what type of field of work did you did you get into during that time? Oh, I was working at um, Starbucks. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a it's a rite of passage. I swear, everybody I've ever met who's uh, like a creator or like you know, they're always like, oh, I worked at Starbucks too. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just um, it was just very time consuming. I worked forty hours a week, and then oh, yeah, in my early uh, 40, 40. 40. Okay. Yeah. So I was just, you know, full-time employee, and then I was in my early 20s, so I had a bit of a personal life uh -huh. going out and seeing friends, and yeah. I just put YouTube by the wayside. Yeah. No, that makes that makes sense. That makes total sense. And it, are you still working full-time now, part-time? Is it, is it content creation full-time? What's the situation? Content creation full-time. Okay, we love it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I mean, that, that in itself, taking that step must be like super hard and super scary right like what was I don't know how long ago that was for you but what was that decision with decision like well I'd like to say it was a decision but it was more of a global pandemic forced my hand right yeah <laughs> uh so I was pretty much working as a nanny for a family and it was oh, okay. going wonderfully and then one day they were like hey something's going on I don't think we're going to need you going forward and that's when, you know, lockdowns started happening and, uh -huh. you know, the pandemic became very serious. So we like nicely parted ways at that point. And that's when I said, you know what, I have a computer, I have an office, let's just go for it. Yeah. And I just like head first, just had to go for it. I love that for you though. I think that this is a lot about you um, and it shows like how brave you are. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and I hope it's been going well. <laughs> I hope it has. Thank you. Yeah, it, it definitely has. I mean, I, I still am in touch with my uh, former nanny family and I do occasionally help them out. But at this point, it's not um, no longer my like employment. Right. So it's really nice to be able to say to them, uh, hey, I'm sorry, but I have to work tonight. And I go do a live stream instead of work for them. Whereas it used to be the other way around where I'd have to yeah. cancel streams because they needed me. Uh, you're calling the shots now. I like mm -hmm, it. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, going back to your most popular video and, and the fact that it was uh, eight years ago, do you like? Do you often think about what it will take to reach that height again and, and surpass it? Is that something that you think about? Like, you know, can I can I do that again, or is it just do you not do you just not let that uh, take over your mind? I I try honestly not to look at the numbers. Like I know everyone says that, and they they end up like you know scrolling through late at night mm. looking at their numbers, but I really try my hardest to just produce something of quality, something that I would like to watch and something that I'm proud of and yep. then just kind of hope for the best. Yeah. I, I mean, that's all you can do at the end of the day, right? That's the healthiest Absolutely. thing. That's the healthiest thing to do. Do you, do you think you found your niche now when it comes to, you know, your ASMR content on YouTube? Have you found like what suits you the best? I, I definitely think so. Um, I am a big fan of trigger videos, but as I said, trigger videos tend to be uh, hit or miss on my channel so if I can incorporate a role play element into it those videos tend to do a lot better so I definitely am on the 
side of roleplay ASMR versus more of like that traditional trigger stuff from right. my channel. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I that's why I said at first I I led with the roleplay when I when I gave that summary because that's what stood out to me. Um, yeah. So I guess that's a I guess that's good then <laughs> if you're trying to lay on the roleplay stuff and that's what I picked out first then um, you're doing something right I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, putting yourself. Uh, self-critical hat on where do you where do you think you can improve um as a creator what what areas can you um do better in do you think there's a lot of little things that i tend to notice about myself uh such as how i speak uh so i'm from the northeast part of america and we are known for being very fast-paced people uh and i tend to notice when i'm recording and editing that i speak very fast Mm -hmm. so one thing for me is I really want to improve my like speech and just kind of slow down a little bit. Right. Um, additionally, I am not the best with like setups for uh, backgrounds and like role plays. A lot of it's just like green screen or black screen. Like those work for me. Yeah. But I really love when people do sets and they have these really awesome home design sets so in their house. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, going back to the voice thing, though, I'm blown away by your voice, by the way. I feel like I can I could talk to you like for hours on end. <laughs> it's, Aww, so, thank you. it's such a nice voice. I think I seen you were from Massachusetts, right? That's correct. Yeah. Right. OK, nice. I do know I did a road trip with my dad um, down the East Coast and we um, we flew into Boston. That's where we that's where we went. And I, yeah. I, I tell everyone how nice Boston is. I don't know if you have a, a different pr perspective on it um no i love boston it's a really great city yeah i it felt like um it felt like a it, there was like village vibes to it like small mm -hmm. small like close-knit vibes but obviously like on a bigger scale if I, if that makes any sense it probably does to you that someone has been there absolutely a lot of people describe it as the closest thing to a european city in america uh, yeah. And I think that's it, especially because, you know, this was one of the colonies and one of the first 13 states. That makes sense. So I think a lot of it plays like that style plays a factor into what Boston is like now. Yeah. Or if you're listening and, and, and you've never been to Boston and you live in the States or, you know, maybe in Europe and, and you can make the trip, absolutely do it. I fell in love with yeah. Boston. There's a lot of obviously a lot of history there and a lot of culture there. Um, and they have really good things up for like tourists to, I think there's like a walk-in tour that you can just do at your own pace. And like, it's like designated and you walk around and I made my dad done that with our cameras and it was such a fun time. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. the freedom trail. So the freedom um, trail that, you, yeah. you know, your stuff. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's, um, it's one of those very popular things and it just, it starts in the center of the, like the city, I believe. And I think it goes all the way up towards like the northern part of the city closer to the airport right yeah and it's just it's just so nice if you can actually do it boston's a very walkable city yeah we i mean we done that whole walk in a day yeah um no and it was a beautiful day it was honestly it was such a good day um yeah and i wish we could have spent more time there it was quite a quick road trip we, we basically traveled from uh boston to orlando in two weeks um, oh that's quick <laughs> obviously stopping at places you know and spending days there as well right um so yeah i loved it um but yeah big up boston big up massachusetts <laughs> what what is it what is massachusetts as a whole like known for like what what would you say uh 
goodness. I'm trying to not like make memes about it make, because there's yeah. like the obvious like Dunkin' Donuts. That's the biggest coffee shop. There's one on every corner. Uh-huh. Um, aggressive driving. Everyone makes fun of our driving. But um, there's a lot of beauty in New England, which I really try to recognize. Uh, we experience all four seasons every year. Mm-hmm. So right now we're in autumn. And it is beautiful out. Um, the yeah. trees are changing. It's just so beautiful this time of year. And I think that's something that, as someone who lives here, I really want people to recognize that it's not just, you know, one season. It's not summer and winter. It's There's spring, which is very beautiful, and there's autumn, which is just the best time of the yeah. year to be here. I love that. I'm, that's the same where I live. Like... I- it's four seasons, you know, you kind of get a little bit of everything. My favorite time of the year is like all that autumn, winter time. Um, yeah. You know, you can put some warm clothes on, get a hat and a scarf on. I'm, I'm guessing it's the same for you. It's not, it doesn't get too, it doesn't get, it gets cold, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, yeah. it does get very cold here. Um, we do experience pretty extreme winters. Uh, I will say that's probably the only downside if you're not too into like freezing seasons Mm -hmm. but because of that though there's so many snow sports you can ski you can um ice skate hockey all of those sports are huge here yeah okay nice now i'm a big pizza guy Mm -hmm. and i've been recently obsessed with a guy on youtube um called david portnoy he works for a company called barstool sports i don't know if you know who he is Mm -hmm. um, i know barstool yeah yeah um yeah and he does these pizza reviews um so i I need to know what's the best pizza place in massachusetts or maybe yeah we'll go Mm. with that so in boston Boston. there's a spot called pizza pizza via regina's um there's a few locations yeah yeah there's a few locations and um they're really good for pizza um however my personal favorite is a little bit north of the city at this place called Bob's. It's okay. just a, um, it's like an old house. You walk in and um, it's a deli. And uh, they have like different pizzas. My my dad and I growing up, we'd travel up and go to Bob's and go get food and then bring it back home. And it was like a whole day thing because it's north of the city. So you have to go into the city to get there. Okay, I'm I'm actually Googling this now. I think it's in Medford, Massachusetts. M E D F O R D. Let me see if I can find it as well. Okay, I found it. I'm gonna look to see if he's done a, a food review later, but I've got a tab pulled up. Nice. What what yep. what style do you like the best? Do you like a do you like a Chicago style, like a deep dish, you like a thin crust? What what's what's your go to? I like thin crust, kind of almost on that like flatbread style. Oh, okay. Is that like a Sicilian? Is no, no. I think that's something different. No, I think that's something different. Yeah. I just um, I prefer the crust more on a like flatbread pizza because the crust isn't necessarily like a traditional crust. It's more of like a like a thinner crust. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that sounds good to me because he he actually proclaims that um, New Haven, Connecticut, is the pizza capital of the world. That's where he huh. that's where he rates the best. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's, I think one of his highest ratings is from that town, but as a collective town, that's where he says is the best. So That's interesting. I you, didn't know that. If you're ever going through Connecticut, I think Connecticut is like south of Massachusetts, right? It's like the next one down. That's correct. Yeah. So, we, we border each other. Oh yeah. I mean, if you ever want to do a little Peter trip, <laughs> get yourself to New Haven, <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. Sorry. I just love pizza. Um, 
I love pizza too. Are you a pineapple on pizza person? No, or no, no. Me neither. Get that off. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I, I don't like savory sweet. That's why. Yeah, I, I normally I normally just go for like a pepperoni. Yeah, that's good. That's perfect. Classic, right? Um, okay, so you're definitely a a veteran in this space now, like undeniably, and probably one of the few creators still going from 2012. Uh, quite a deep question. How much have you learned about ASMR content creation and I guess YouTube in general across that time? I, I still think I'm learning to this day. Yeah. Um, admittedly, like there are so many things where I, I, the YouTube studio itself has so much information on there. And I understand why YouTube offers like classes to understand the YouTube like upload system mm. because there's so much information out there. But as a whole, um, I've learned so much about audio engineering, sound mixing, right. lighting, um, you know, camera production, everything. There's so much that goes into it that you don't realize. And um, it's funny, before the pandemic and everything, I had just finished getting an IT certification. I never used the certification except for my like content creation. And I'm glad I got it because yeah. I learned so much about troubleshooting and problem solving from that course that was never used in a you know typical and nine to five it job yeah i love that for <laughs> you but it, i mean you're right it's like you know you go into this thinking you know, i can do youtube videos i can make videos and then you're like oh actually there's all these things like i need to learn how to do and you you know you do end up learning them and it's like you know you go through all this like period of like self-teaching yourself these new skills which I guess if you get anything out of, um, you know, just creating videos in general, doesn't have to be ASMR, but it is like, you know, how to video edit, you know, all the technology side of things, terminologies, like you do take it away for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm self-taught in every aspect of what I do. And it's crazy to think about that. Yeah. No, I think we all deserve, again, another pat on the back yeah. for, that, for that. Absolutely. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> I mean, especially because it's like, you never want to be that person, or, or, you know, in my in my experience that goes to someone, it's like, ah, I'm actually struggling with this little bit of tech. Like, can you help me out? Like, I never, I don't know, like I think about, you know, messaging someone and saying that and I'm like, no, like, I want to sound like a noob. <laughs> It's a little, it can yeah. be a little bit of like a pride thing to be like, I don't really want to like approach yeah. somebody that's bigger than me or like yeah. who I look up to. But the thing is like so many people are willing to help. And I think that's a big part of the ASMR community that I really just love is there's so many people who just want to help and yeah. just want to like create and produce. And it doesn't matter if they're not getting anything out of it. Just being able to support someone else is so worth it for them. No, I I totally relate to that, and and I when I speak to new creators or you know people like that, I I try to openly say like you know I'm here to help you if you've got any questions because I know what yeah. it's like you know initiating that conversation. Um, yeah. let's talk about Twitch briefly. Sure. Uh, so I guess when did you start streaming, and what was the driving factors that made you do so? So I started streaming casually on Twitch in I believe twenty. 18 if i have my timeline right it might have been 2019 okay. uh however um i just started because i was really into gaming and every time i had ever tried streaming on youtube 
I was never really successful with it. I always found it to be very difficult. Um, so I said, you know what, let's try another platform. And that was Twitch for me. Just was something new, yeah. something fresh. And also it is a live streaming platform, whereas YouTube is a video upload platform. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So did you start off doing like gaming or did, did you start off doing ASMR or was it a mix of both? I did gaming uh, for a few years and it was very casual. Like I said, um, yep. I was still working. So I'd come home from work and I'd just like hop on my PlayStation for an hour or two, get a little stream in and just have some fun. But then um, I started getting serious about it and I was like, this is fun. I'm going to start doing a schedule. And I had signed to an esports organization as oh, an influencer. Big. Okay, who? Yeah, uh, they were called Halo Klein. Okay, I don't think I've heard of those. Yeah, it was a very small org. Uh, so I had signed to them as an influencer, and their whole uh, organization's um, mission statement was they wanted to focus on the bettering the mental health of their players. A lot of esports players come into the like the um, into esports, and they have a really hard time with like the hours, the grinding, right. the you know the, the drinking energy drinks, not really sleeping. So. Halo Client's focus was like, we're going to work with ASMR creators to, you know, help better promote our organization who are focusing on bettering the mental health right. of the players. Okay. Yeah. So was it a good time? It was great. I loved it. Um, ASMR Shani and I were a big part of the, I call it a launch yeah. of this influencer program that they had. Oh, well, that's amazing. Because I always think about that because, you know, I'm, I'm quite big into esports myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think from from when I've been involved, I don't think I've seen like, you know, these esports orgs sign any ASMR creators. Um, and I would love to do it. Like, I feel like GB is probably like, the, you know, the hottest property um, in terms of creators in the space. And I'm shocked mm -hmm. that she hasn't joined one yet. I don't know why or, you know, whether she has been approached and she's rejected it. But I could definitely see like her, um, you know, joining one. Because yeah. I, I, recently, like, chess blew up. I don't know if you noticed that as well, but, like, chess blew up on, like, Twitch and stuff like that. And yeah, then all these yeah. esports orgs uh, signed, like, these... Some of them were, like, professional players. Some of them were just, like, really successful chess Twitch streamers. Um, like, yeah. the Botez sisters. I don't know if you know who they are. They signed for Envy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it could happen with ASMR, right? Like, I feel like it's it's a big... I think it's a big part of, like, the YouTube community as a whole now. So it would make sense I, yeah. to, to for them to branch out to get people who are invested in ASMR through that creator, uh, you know, into other facets of um, you know, content creation as well. But that's so cool that you yeah. that's so cool that you were sorry to go off on a run. <laughs> no, no, I I love it. And I think I think you're absolutely right. I do think ASMR is getting to that point, kind of what we were saying, to where other opportunities are going to start coming up for creators. I mean, I know in like America, the Super Bowl had um, a few ASMR commercials and that's the biggest advertising day of the year in wow, our country. That is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, go on, carry on. I think it's, no, I think it's definitely something that we'll start seeing soon. And I would love to see more esports organizations really tap into ASMR because it is a very well-known category yeah. on Twitch, on YouTube. Yeah. I think to put my um uh what's the what's what's the word I'm I'm bad with words you know for a podcast host I, I should do better <laughs> um to, to put my devil's advocate hat on they 
they're also probably wary of you know the the whole drama that happened with you know ASMR totally. streaming on Twitch. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were on that whole thing with you know Amaranth and and, and what happened there, but um, yeah, yeah, I I was very um, discouraged by the meta when it shifted on Twitch a few months ago. I think it was June when we started to see this big shift yeah. in the meta and we started seeing people who were, had never even heard of ASMR creating ASMR. And it was there at that point, it felt very gimmicky and very much so like people were just clickbaiting ASMR. 100%. Um, and it made my channel, my channel's growth on Twitch just like flatline. Um, it was very frustrating when I was averaging like a certain number of viewers and then <laughs> these creators who were producing, uh, their style of asmr would That's go a- live and my content would just stay stagnant i was like what the heck that's a very generous <laughs> term you use there their style yes. of asmr very generous yes. caitlin very, very generous. <laughs> but, i was doing traditional asmr yeah. as i like to call it that uh yeah twitch should have stepped in a bit earlier in my opinion and mm-hmm. i don't know whether there should be an 18 plus category on twitch um i don't think they would want to go down that route for for um you know the advertisers that they you know have partnerships with um but yeah i i can imagine it was a bad time um for for you know people like you so i'm sorry i'm sorry for that (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it was you know meant to happen though because it really did weed out some of those like if i may um different creators because you know, once the meta shifted and once Twitch moved on to the next thing, so did they. Yeah. So it helped kind of showcase the few creators on the platform who are actually trying their hardest and actually producing quality ASMR. Yeah. And again, the, the downside of the whole situation was it 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 added to this uh, whole like misconception of ASMR still. Like, yeah. you know, you'll you'll see it like on you know just random random internet thread and someone will mention asmr and it's like oh you know this girl's sucking ears and it's like you know it's actually it's actually not that's not all what it is you know what i mean but it's there's so much more to it yeah but yeah anyway that's a whole different yeah (laughs) barrel of laughs for another day uh back to twitch what is it you love most about uh twitch streaming and and doing do you do you do asmr i'm guessing you do asmr on there right you said gaming I before, do. but you do ASMR. What what is it you love most about, uh, I guess being on Twitch and, and streaming ASMR on there compared to doing uh, like a YouTube video? Uh, I love the live element of ASMR on Twitch because I get to laugh with my community live. We get to you know have serious moments together, but also um, the the community coming together and being able to interact in real time is just something that you just can't get on YouTube. Um, you know, of course you can stream on YouTube. Of course you can do premieres on YouTube, but unless you're, you know, a full-time streamer on YouTube, you're just not going to get the same 100%. feedback, the same bounce back with your community. And it's just so fresh, refreshing to be able to just interact with people live. Yeah. I completely agree. It's, it's nice, isn't it? Like, you just don't get that with a YouTube comment section. It it just doesn't yeah. exist. So it's nice to to form these closer bonds with you know these these people that love to support you day in day out. Um, so I yeah. I completely get that. I, are you trying to keep a a balance between Twitch and YouTube? Are you, are you kind of tending to 
put your more of your eggs in one of those baskets or like i said is it is it trying to to keep a balance for you uh so i certainly i certainly lean heavier on the twitch aspects of things because twitch has a better retention for me uh-huh. it has a better viewership for me my audience is more likely to click through a live stream than a youtube video because a lot of times as we've mentioned youtube videos are used for background noise they're used for sleep so if someone's not really ready to go to bed yet and they just want to hang out on twitch and play a video game they're going to totally be on the interactive live stream versus the youtube video uh so i tend to water uh twitch a little bit more Mm -hmm. youtube i still am very active i still produce on youtube yeah once a week but Twitch just has so much more opportunities for creators, in my in my opinion. No, I think you're right. <laughs> I, do, yeah. I think you're right. Um, okay, let's move away from ASMR for a little bit. Talk to me. Talk to me about Caitlin outside of the ASMR space. What is she doing? What are your main hobbies and interests? Um, so I'll be honest. I I have to find more hobbies in my life. I do well, tend I, to be a little bit of a workaholic. I think you've got I think you've got one coming up. I mean, we don't want to spoil anything there, but something, <laughs> there's something happening, guys. Um, so I'm I'm very big into video games. I always have been. Um, okay. I'm very family oriented. As I said, I'm an only child, so I tend to be very close to my parents. Um, we live close enough where I can see them often. So it's been really nice. And, uh, I I love cooking. I love, I love drinking like new, like beers and craft beer is such a big thing in the U S. Yeah. Um, so I have friends who are in the industry, so I spend time with them. Uh, it's, I just love new experiences. Yeah. You, you like someone that's like always down to try to try something new or do something new yes absolutely okay i wish i was you <laughs> my anxiety says no to, to all of that um, to an extent to an extent i like new experiences yeah what um <laughs> let's talk video games what what is your you know your favorite video game of all time whether it's a, a one-off game or like a, a series um that's a tricky question but i think i'm gonna go with the legend of zelda the wind waker okay okay yeah. so so is the Legend of Zelda as a series your your favorite? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and that's that's your favorite one. I, fun fact: I've never. You're gonna hate me. I've never played a Legend of Zelda game. That's okay. They're so fun, and when you get around to it, you'll totally understand why. I I wanted to really buy Breath of the Wild. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just never got around to it. The thing is, it retains value so well. Like, it you still pretty much pay like full price for that game if you want to play it now. Yeah, you really do. And the game's, oh my goodness, what, five years old at this point? Uh-huh. It's, yeah. What, what, because I think that one game of the year that year, what was your thoughts on, on that, on that Zelda? You know, I actually didn't touch it for a few years. Um, I oh. actually just started it this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like a fake fan, I swear. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I do enjoy it. It's very unique for the Zelda world and something that, kind of turned me off was the open world element to it because I love like the structure right. that Zelda has. And I always was like, I know where I'm going next. And this game's like, you can go wherever mm. next. And Too I'm many like, choices. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> Tell me where to go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I really, I really do enjoy the game and it has really grown on me. But the first time I played it, I was so overwhelmed that I was like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> yeah. 
No, that makes total sense. Are you like a big? Are you like a big Nintendo gamer in general? Like, do you like your Pokemon? Um, you know, your Super Mario stuff. I do. Um, I actually have a Zelda tattoo. <laughs> okay. Can we? Is I'm it like? Big... Is it showable? Yeah. Let me. Um, it's on my ankle. So, uh-huh. I have a rupee. Oh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I've just I've always been a big fan of Nintendo and um, my mom grew up playing Nintendo. So when I was three years old, she sat me down with the controller and I got to try Super Mario World for the first time. Ah, what was that on? <laughs> um, that was on the Super Nintendo. Oh, OK. So I think my I think a lot of my friends, their first like experience was a Super Nintendo. Uh, I, I think I played on my my dad's sega mega drive like sonic nice yeah that was so cool as a kid like yeah. let's get this let's get the mega drive out dad let's play it um but uh yeah did, have you always been like a console gamer piece like did you have you transitioned to pc more yeah i have transitioned to pc um i built my pc last year so you build it yourself i, I had a little assistance not okay. gonna lie but um for the most part, um, I, I kind of Frankenstein rigged a PC. I um, <laughs> bought a pre-built right when quarantine started. And then about six months later, I ripped out half the components from the pre-built and put it into a new case. Okay. <laughs> it I like was it. crazy. We live streamed the whole thing too. Oh, you did that as well? It was crazy. <laughs> wow. Because I think my friend described it as like, it's like doing like a, a, a jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't have, I mean, I'm looking at my PC now, but I just wouldn't have a clue. Like, there's no way. <laughs> it's really like an operation. Like you, you have like a very clear set of instructions. And if you do anything different than what you're supposed to do, good luck. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, what was I going to say? Are you, are you sporty in any way? Um, you know, I actually... I've never been a big sports person as in I don't enjoy uh, playing sports and I don't really watch too many sports, but right. I would say that I am like an athletic person. Um, I ended up losing about 50 pounds. I don't really know the conversions. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And when I when I did that, that's kind of when I was like, oh, I actually really enjoy exercising and I really enjoy uh, moving my body. Mm-hmm. You know, I live a very sedentary life being a content creator, admittedly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, exercise is good, you know, physically and mentally as well, right? I'm guessing you've, um, you know, benefited from that side of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, having that balance between content creation and like exercise is great. Um, I've gone for runs like an hour before my stream starts and I feel like I'm just so much more prepared for yeah. when I have to stream. Yeah, I can imagine you just feel like, you know, a million dollars walking onto the strip. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, I asked this question to to all my guests, but for people watching who maybe are thinking about starting their own channel or are in the process of doing so, what tips, what advice would you would you give would you give them? Um, no pressure, because you know you've got all these years of experience. <laughs> what would you say? I think my two biggest words of advice, in no particular order, is don't get into content creation for the money. There's a chance you might get monetized, but it isn't necessarily going to happen immediately. And 
a lot of people um, are under the impression that you make a lot of money doing content creation, like overnight. And sure, there are channels with millions and millions of subscribers who do, you know, monetize their work, but it's not something that just happens. No. Um, so I try to reiterate that to people, like, please remember this isn't going to be monetarily like easy work. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely my first piece of advice. My second would definitely be consistency is so important, uh, especially is. when it comes to not even just algorithms. Ignore the algorithm for a moment and think about your community. The community looks forward to your uploads. They look forward to your live streams. They have these dates set in their brain when you're going to be active. Yeah. And if you're inactive that day, they actually miss you. They want to watch your content. They're surprised that you're not there. And it's something like you don't want to let those people down. Yeah. So having that consistency is very important. Yeah. No, I definitely speak to what you're saying. If you think about it like this, it's like, it's like your favorite TV show. It's on same day, same time every week. Like you're expecting it. And, and like you said, people are expecting you to stream that same time, same day every week. And it, you know, becomes a habit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's very, very important to just have that consistency. So people know, uh, when to expect you. Yeah. Yeah. No, great advice from the veteran. You heard it first <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> that kind of concludes the, the present section that I had for today um we're going to move into the future now so um is, is there things that you definitely want to do like i know you've been in the space for so long um that you haven't had a chance to do already in terms of you know asmr content creation or is it kind of just going to be um you know more of the same type of style genre going forward i have a few ideas in the back of my pocket and okay. i'll i'll share a little bit cool. um I've always wanted to make a video where I recreate my first time ever experiencing ASMR. Nice. So I experienced it in school as a child. And the reason I haven't produced it yet is it's such a, in my opinion, I don't want to do it wrong. I want to create something just perfect. And I think I need to just like remove that perfection veil for a moment so mm -hmm. I actually can produce it but I'm so scared of doing it wrong, right. so, which is why I haven't done it yet. You're in this, um, you're in this cycle. <laughs> yeah. So part of me thinks with my 10-year channel anniversary coming up um, in 2022, yeah. I should probably get on it. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing when you say it, though. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really hard to wrap my head around 10 years, like 10 years. double digits. Yeah. Like, no, not many people. Like, I mean, you think about it, like, I think GB and Darling started like 2017. So they're not even mm -hmm. like, they're not even like five years into their channels yet. And you're like nearly at 10. Like that's insane. Yeah. I'll never forget one time GB called me an OG you of are, ASMR. You're an OG? You are? I, I almost cried when she <laughs> said it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's true. You have this, um, you have this opportunity to do to do a collab with someone in the ASMR space. Who would your dream collab be? And there's no there's no holds barred on it. It can be anyone. It could be anything. What what would the what would the dream collab be? Huh, that is a great question. Um, 
I will say I I really want to do IRL collaborations. Okay. So just to like rapid fire, I would love to meet Edda Fox. Uh, oh. Edda is in Germany. Shout out Edda. Uh, Edda is one of my favorites. Like as a viewer, like. Me too. I'm the, oh, okay, high five for the screen. <laughs> I, yeah, I love, love, love Edda's content. So um, I definitely would love to go to Germany and meet Edda and do like an IRL video. Oh, I'm going to clip this and send it to her, by the way. <laughs> yes please do um it has been oh, on goodness. so you should watch her you should watch her episode if you like it yes oh my gosh i thought she was on here i wasn't 100 percent sure but i was pretty sure she was yep yeah no i i adore her um she's definitely up there and i guess i'll spill the tea a little bit um oh. i have a collab with asmr shani coming out this week actually i mean let's when go. we're shooting this yeah yeah so so is that irl uh, no, no, unfortunately not. But um, I would love to do like I would love to meet up with Shani. Um, it's definitely someone who I think I would just get along so well with. She's IRL. awesome, isn't she? Yeah. 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 So Shani's definitely up there as well. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, I would love to work with like GB, but admittedly, that's very intimidating. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You'd be like, don't mess up. Don't mess up. <laughs> yeah i um i played among us with gb and it was so you fun did. yeah but i was so scared <laughs> yeah no i can i could imagine because she got into that lobby with like all them big uh like oh, youtubers yeah. like it was like pewdiepie was in there mm -hmm. and like corpse yeah. and stuff like that like Ooh. yeah so she like actually knew how to play so like when i joined like she was like how are you and i'm like oh my god she's talking to me i'm good how are you how are you <laughs> Oh, I love that. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. We definitely, yeah, I definitely love to see that, the the Edda Fox collab. Um, yeah. We need to make that, we need to make that happen. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I feel like you've touched on quite a few of these already. Um, you know, in terms of like any future projects in the works, what, what have you got going on that you could tell us about? I know you've told us quite a lot, so there may be, there's maybe, we've maybe exhausted all that, but any any other future things that you could you could give us the beans on yeah so i know we mentioned a little bit ago how um i have like a few ideas floating around for like my 10 year channel anniversary video right. and one yeah, thing yeah. i want to do is it's it's so self-serving but at the same time i'm like i want to celebrate um it's a big milestone i want to do like a collab video with other creators where we're throwing a party nice okay like, yeah like an anniversary party kind of and like we all talk about I, I don't even know what we talk about i haven't even gotten that far in the script but just like the mental yep. note is like other creators coming to a party mm -hmm. celebrating an anniversary and it's kind of like black tie and we're drinking champagne and like it's ridiculous okay but it's it's not like it's not everyone in the same room it's like filmed from like remote yeah. right yeah, it would be like a remote shoot and we just like mash everything together. Oh, okay. I mean, that sounds good. I know. So I, I got to like toy with it a little bit but more. Like still, but that's... still in ASMR as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, still like an ASMR video. So like I was thinking characters where like you have like the, you know, a aggressive uh, kind of uncle who's very like rowdy, but also it's ASMR. So it's like yeah, quiet yelling. Um <laughs> Someone who's like eating all the food, so it's like a mukbang almost. Okay, I like where you're going with it. Yeah, yeah, like I'm seeing I, I the just, vision. I just have some ideas. I just haven't really gotten <clears throat> it really down yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and obviously, you know, 
me and you and a couple of people might have something you know coming up as well so yes i know that sounds interesting i don't know i don't know if i want to talk about it or not. <laughs> we might have a little something something in Some, the works someone cooking up in the kitchen um yeah <laughs> You you do like you do so much from you know YouTube Twitch you got Patreon as well right I do yeah I, I mean is there anything else left left for you to do at this point like vlogs maybe I guess like what what other forms of content have you thought about doing Um I do want to do I have two ideas I've never done TikTok and everyone says you got to be on TikTok Oh yeah you should do, you should totally do that I think you'd smash it Yeah and and exactly that's what everyone says they're like oh TikTok's great you just just sign up so TikTok is like the low-hanging fruit. Uh, mm. The second one is I really want to do ASMR gaming. Okay. I, I want to make like an ASMR gaming channel because I play video games in my free time. And my thinking is like I have, you know, the setup. I have the microphones. I have OBS. I can just record my screen and just chop it up. Yeah, so what so. like... Are you commentating over pre-filmed footage? Are you commentating over live footage? I think I do live. Like, um, for example, like I play Stardew Valley. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever played it. No, I know what it is, though. Okay, yeah. So I was thinking, like, start a Stardew Valley farm. Okay, um, yeah. And then we just start the farm and just transition through the and entire growth of, like, the first year. And this is live-streamed? Uh, I would upload it to YouTube. Right on like a second channel so you would not you'd record you record it yes as you'd play it but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be live streamed okay i get you yeah so yeah because i started i started streaming on twitch and it was kind of like i don't want to do asmr on twitch i want a game so mm -hmm. like how you know how can i do that so i just basically done you know what i would think of as like chill like fun games so basically we i played through a pokemon game on stream I, yeah. I disabled the game audio and put some like, um, it was like lo-fi Pokemon remixes over the top. So it was still like yeah. nice and chill and just like good vibes. And um, yeah, I was just like soft speaking and it was just hanging out. And that's the idea I had for, for my Twitch streams. And it, it's kind of like you said, it was, it's just for fun, right? I wasn't much trying to push it for it to be anything. It was kind of just like, you know, I want to stream. I want to get close to the people that support me. And I just want to, I want to play games at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think that would def I think that would work. Yeah, and I I do see other channels that are like gaming daily uh, ASMR channels, and they do it very well. So again, like I don't want to do it for monetization or anything, but no. it would still be really cool to be able to have a successful second channel on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, because you do see like create. I think Shani's got a gaming channel as well, right? So yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I hope that goes well. Um, definitely, you. definitely the TikTok though. Um, yeah, I'm gonna sign up. I gotta had, do it. I've had a lot of guests on here where they've um, maybe started YouTube, haven't had the best of starts, went over to TikTok, blew up on TikTok, and then the YouTube channels like taken taken off as a, as a result. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I think the main ones are um, uh, Fluidity ASMR, uh, mm -hmm. Restful Rumbles. I don't know if you know who they are, but yeah yeah um yeah and uh, some of the episodes like do go into you know a little bit about tiktok so uh shameless plump shameless plugging myself right now by accident i promise <laughs> but definitely watch those if you're interested in you know starting up on tiktok and, and kind of what to expect um i guess the final thing is uh you know what what are the ultimate goals of 
I guess I well I was going to say of the channel but you do more than the channel right it's the Twitch as well what what is the ultimate goals for you obviously you're this you know you're a full-time creator now would you would you be happy sustaining that till for the rest of your life until you would like normally you know get to an age where you'd retire anyway is that is that something you'd be happy with yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love what I do. And, you know, I think that really shows with like the longevity of my channel is I just love ASMR. I love creating mm -hmm. and the community like really like just keeps me afloat. Um, so I guess like long term goals is I just hit 50,000 subscribers yeah. and I'd really like to just continue on that growth, maybe hit 100,000. Um, it's a it's a far away goal in the sense of like if you look at analytics and like statistics, right. but I'm already halfway there, so mm -hmm. I know I can get there. You can do it. Um, yeah, so that's definitely one of like the bigger ones for um, YouTube. Uh, for Twitch, um, I would be curious about being on the front page of Twitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems extremely intimidating, but I think it is something that I could do yeah. if I really applied myself. Why not, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how I feel about 20,000 people who have never heard of ASMR trying to watch ASMR, but it could be fun. Yeah, no, no, I love that. Um, and I definitely think you could, you can achieve uh, both of them things. And I, I, I think I have full faith in you to do so. Like we need that, we need that silver play button with uh, yes. ASMR kitten engraved on it. We need that in our lives. I, yes. I guess while I, while I mentioned that you, you told me at the start about you know, have you, how you have this, you know, ASMR kitten persona and you have this like Miss Caitlin persona. What, what is the story there? What, why do they kind of both exist? And, and what was the reason for um, birthing this other name, I guess? So I've, I've been ASMR kitten forever. And when I started Twitch, I was not originally intending to stream ASMR at all. However, once I started streaming ASMR, I was like, oh, this is actually something I can enjoy i enjoy doing so i said you know what i'm just gonna stick with my name miss caitlin versus doing asmr kitten because i didn't want to get typecasted right i feel as if like on youtube um i'm very typecasted into just only asmr which is fine that's the you know point of my channel however um Seriously. i just wanted to have that separation yeah of, like this is a twitch channel i can game on here i can do asmr on Smart. here yeah, so just having that little uh, separation just set me like a nice boundary to be like with myself to say, you can do variety here on Twitch. You don't have to, but you can. And you're not yeah. Miss Caitlin ASMR. No, that makes total sense. And like by doing that, you're kind of not putting that external pressure on yourself to to just do ASMR. And then when you do game in, you know, there's not this, there's not this, um, uh, yeah, there's not this pressure on you to to say like, oh, no, you can't do this. You know what I mean? So I think that's really smart what you did. Yeah, and I also find as if um, if I was to have the name ASMR in my name, I feel like a lot of people who could come to my channel might be like, why do you have ASMR in your name and you're not streaming ASMR? Like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's nice point. to have that. Yeah, that's a great point. And unfortunately, that's where it's going to wrap things up for today. So I, I, I do want to take this opportunity to, to thank you for coming on uh, and taking the time out of your day. It's literally been a blast i i've loved getting to talk about you know all the stuff back in the day and and you know and now as well uh so thank you so much for coming on 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to have done this and I just love talking about this with creators. So thank you so much. You and me both. <laughs> I mean, I hope I do. This is why we're 27 episodes in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's a blast. And uh, yeah, if, if you're still watching or listening um, and you maybe weren't familiar with uh, Caitlin before today, please make sure you check out the uh, video description and the pinned comment because it'll have the links to all of her uh, a YouTube channel, a Twitch and a social media pages and all that good stuff. So yeah, please go and show her some love and support. She has been in this scene for so long um, and that shows in the quality of her videos that she produces and the quality of the streams um, that she puts out as well. So yeah, go and show Caitlin lots of love. And um, yeah, if you're new to this and you kind of like the idea, uh, as you can see on the screen, this is episode 27. So there's a good chance I've... Um, interviewed another favorite creator of yours and um yeah the best way to support me in doing this is to you know leave a like on the video uh comment down below what you thought if you have any questions for me or for caitlin please leave them down below as well um subscribe if you're not subscribed already i do uh, a new podcast episode with a new creator every single week every single wednesday and I also release uh, normal ASMR videos once a week as well. So yeah, subscribe. If you're not subscribed, click that bell icon and select all. So you get a notification every time a new podcast episode goes live and a new ASMR video goes live as well. So you just, you're just never missing out basically. And um, yeah, this podcast is also available in audio only form. So this will go live on a Wednesday and the following Tuesday, it'll be available on all your favorite podcasting platforms from Spotify to Apple podcasts to literally like a different podcasting platform. So uh, you can find the uh, links to all those in the video description as well. But yes, for today, this has been the Wiretap Whisper podcast episode 27. Caitlin has been an amazing, amazing guest and you guys have been awesome as well. We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.